You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome back to Prophet Pearls. This is Keith Johnson along with Nehemia Gordon in the land of the prophets. We're doing whatever it takes face to face. And I will tell you this, you're listening to this in sometime in June, but we're actually recording it on a day that has been amazing, the last 24 hours. Nehemiah, what are we doing in the land of Israel? What's going on? Well, we came here because we were trying to record this uh, long distance. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided we've got to uh, come together. You know, the, the whole the whole idea of this was coming together on common ground. And we realized we have got to literally come together on common ground. Come together on common <laughs> ground. And I want to say this. This is going to be a tough one to record. You say it's so we, we're at, again, in English, it's Zechariah 2.10. In the Hebrew Bible, it's Zechariah 2.14. It goes until Zechariah 4, verse 7, am I right? That's both in Hebrew yeah, and English. And Hebrew yeah. and English, but we start out a little a little confusing. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say, folks, I had an amazing last 24 hours, and I want to talk about it for a second. Sure. Last night uh, was a Purim in the, land, in, in the walled cities, and looking... Um, we, we talked a little bit about it before. So I went and took the bus. I went to the old city. I was at the wall. I, I, you couldn't go. You weren't feeling well. And I was, I was really concerned. I didn't know if, uh, what was going to happen today. But it's such a blessing. So I went yesterday on the bus, spent some time there listening to people read. I walked all the way back to the apartment, got up this morning, and I said, I'm not going to wait for you to come at 8 o'clock. You know, normally what happens, folks, is Nehemiah gets up in the morning. He has a great breakfast uh, from Bubby Dina, and he's been talking about this the last few weeks. And I'd had enough. So I decided... I was going to get ahead of it because Bubby Dina invited us this morning to her house for a reading of the book of Esther. And so we weren't going to do it for a while because we're like, oh, we really got to get these things going on. But I thought, you know what? The way he's going to come in here and tell me he had some great breakfast. So I got up early in the morning, took the wrong bus, ended up walking to Bubby Dina's and caught Nehemia walking into into her place, Nehemia. And we had an amazing time. I mean, did you think that was great? I mean, yeah, I mean, tell, we got can to you hear the Megillah, but why? Why it was so, that we heard it at her house? Yes, yeah, so so uh, you know the the tradition is to uh, hear the reading of the story of Esther, the scroll of Esther, or the Megillah Esther. Mm-hmm. Um, and what most Jews will probably do is go to synagogue to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother has been in a wheelchair most of her life, and it's difficult for her to get to synagogue. So what what, what she's done for many years is a rabbi will come over and he'll read the Megillah for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her neighbor, who, who's a rabbi, he came over and. My sister and her family was there, and, and the rabbi's family we was there. We were there, there and, and we were there, and, and uh, you know, and, and he read the, and he took out his scroll, handwritten scroll, mm-hmm. and he unfurled it, and he stood up, and and he started to um to kind of shake in the the traditional Jewish manner of of um of devotion. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen it, Keith. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you see it at the Western Wall, and he started to read, and he read the entire scroll of Esther. He he read actually quite quickly, and it took him about thirty minutes. Mm. And you and you recorded it. I recorded it. I don't know. And, and, and where one of this the, is going to be at because I want I want people to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Can you, can, oh, so it'll it'll be on uh, Nehemiahwall and I'll okay. pro- I'll probably be putting it out on the um, you know, or at least parts of it on the you know as a podcast, as a separate okay. podcast. Awesome. Um. So uh, the one part that I that I noticed that you really got excited about Keith is is something where there's the ten sons of Haman where they get hanged, and there and the tradition is to read those ten names is in one breath, and, and what's difficult for for every Jew to read that is that they're not Hebrew names they're Persian names, mm. and so there's really bizarre sounding names to the Hebrew ear. Uh, and so maybe that's part of it to like burn through them and, and the entire list of 10 names in one breath. And, and, th- and this rabbi did it quite successfully. Yeah. And I noticed you got really excited. I about got that. excited about that. The other thing I get excited about, of course, is every time it comes across the name 
Heyman, uh, whenever yeah. he says it, that people make noises because we're trying to blot it out. And you made a really interesting statement on our way over to uh, uh, to the house regarding that. Or maybe it was after. I can't remember Another if it was over, before, yeah. or before or after. Um, but I would say this. You know, I've, I've been in the synagogue and I've listened to this happen. I was in the unwalled synagogue and the conservative synagogue, the reform synagogue, and at the Western Wall. But I think this was the, my favorite um, experience because we were with family. You know, and these, and these, these are these are. You know, here's the father, your brother-in-law is there and he's got his daughter next to her and his son. And it's, and it's really cool because I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm looking around and I see. So he, your, your brother-in-law sitting next to his daughter and she's reading and he's reading. And then there's your mother and she's reading. And then there's your nephew and he's got his little scroll that's not well, actually so, on. the. Uh, hold on just a second. I don't you think gonna, people don't know what you're talking well, about. No, hold on. And, 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 and so and then he opens the parchment and yeah. he's reading and I'm looking around at everyone reading this story. Following yeah. along following as the along, rabbi right. as the rabbi is reading, so the rabbi the story. reads and everybody follows. Yeah, everyone's following along, but it's just amazing yeah. because it's like um, it's just a it was a really beautiful picture, and I, like I said, I've we've put up the Purim uh, uh, episode from Time Will Tell, and people have uh, during this weekend are are watching it, of course, and it's available. All ten episodes are available, but this really was uh, just a lot more personal for me uh, to be invited to be there and then to, and to watch this. Now, the thing that really hit me more than anything, I'm just going to tell you this, so we can move on. The thing that struck me more than anything was as the rabbi is there and he's got the he's got the scroll and he's reading and he's davening with great passion he's got the word of god and on the on his hip he's got his sword in other words he's got a 45 glock uncapped on his hip as he's reading the scroll and it brought the reality of the reality of of, of jewish existence in jerusalem this man lives how far from your mother Oh, around the corner, like around the corner, and it's normal like for him, feet. like it is for me, to have my cell phone. For him to have his his pistol on his side, right. and this is something that I've, I've I've still not gotten my hands, my mind wrapped around. But it really was uh, really striking to me. He's reading a, a scroll about the attempt to wipe out the Jewish people in the land of Jerusalem. Netanyahu's just talked about Purim at, at, before the U.S. Congress. Purim is now being discussed. Around the world, is that amazing? It's it, no. I, um, that's why I'm bringing it up. And here he's sitting there. The Iranian foreign minister is, is is bragging. We saved the Jews three times. Yeah. Wait a minute, you almost wiped, <laughs> us, wiped out. us out. We but sa- here's this man. Reading, saved us. And I'm in this room in this in this apartment. And for him, this is just a part of his life. He's got a mm-hmm. pistol on his side. Ah, man, wow. <laughs> and may have to use it. Yep. Wow. Okay, well, we're Zechariah. in Zechariah chapter 2, and I don't know how I'm going to do this. I mean, and let me tell you this, after this, today we're going to be recording, and then tonight I get to go to, back to the house for Shabbat. <laughs> it's the best Shabbat oh, meal in all of Jerusalem, folks. In the whole world. <laughs> in the whole world. Sing for joy, and I will, and be glad, and I am, O daughter of Zion. For and he is. And I, <laughs> behold, I am coming and I will dwell in your midst. And what is that about? Is that not amazing? He says, I will dwell in your midst. It brings me back to the Garden of Eden. I'm mm. telling you. He, where he dwelled. He was there. He was walking amongst yeah. them. them. And it says that's what's going to happen. So so let's talk about this word dwell. I don't mm. think that should be the word of the week, but let's talk about no, it. No. The word is vishachanti and I will dwell. 
and um, and the Shachan, that is the same root as the word Shekinah. Mm-hmm. You know, Shekinah glory, mm-hmm. you know, your, your people say. Um, in Hebrew, we say Shekinat Kavod, mm-hmm. which Shekinah literally means dwelling, mm-hmm. the dwelling of the presence of God. Often we'll refer to it in Judaism as the, as the just the Shekinah. Or the, For or thirteen the years, you keep yeah. saying my people. Which of my people? Are the you Methodists. About? Oh, the Methodists. The Methodists don't know anything about Shekinah glory. They don't know anything about oh, it. The but they're not Holy Ghost filled. Oh. But no, the Shekinah glory. That's Isn't when that that's like when those it comes down. Pentecostal people. Is yeah, that the Pentecostal. Yeah, whatever. no, that's. A, I'm a Pentecostal right. Methodist. So, what does it mean that Jehovah will dwell among us? Um, well, I mean, so first of all, we had the before the temple was built, we had the the Mishkan, mm-hmm. and Mishkan is from the same root as Shechina. Mm-hmm. Mishkan is the place of the Shechina. That's literally mm-hmm. what it is, the mm-hmm. place of the dwelling. Um, when you add a mem at the beginning of certain words, it means place of. Uh, now today we have the you know or after the Mishkan we had the temple. The temple has been destroyed, and what is, what does this mean? And this is this is a question for my Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, but also for the for the uh, other people. He says, "Behold, I uh, behold, ba. Behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst." So where is he? He's not there, mm-hmm. and and certainly the Jewish understanding is that the Shekinah has left Jerusalem. Right. It's, it's you know the, the Shekinah has left the building, mm-hmm. and uh, what he's saying is he's going to come. The Shekinah will come back, and how do we know it's left? The, you know, we have these these scenes in, in uh, the time of Solomon and other places. We have an Ezekiel where it's leaving. But specifically, we have signs where it's there. And the fire comes down and the cloud fills. We read that in a, a, mm-hmm. a previous section where the cloud filled and the people couldn't even stand there because the cloud was filled with mm-hmm. the temple. temple was filled with the cloud. Uh, and, and that's a sign that the Shekhinah is there. And now, as far as we know, as far as we can tell, the Shekhinah is gone. Maybe some of it can still be felt. But we believe it will come back, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it'll come to the place of the temple, which is called the place where he causes his name to dwell, and that causes to dwell is Lishaken. Lishaken. Um, now, don't you have a teaching on that somewhere? Is that in the Open Door series? Well, there's teachings everywhere. I, I, I can't, no, I know you, you talked about ask the Shekinah me, glory, me about you? that. I can't tell you which one it is. All right. But it's in there somewhere. And, and uh, yeah, so this is exciting to me. You know, um, Jews can say we're waiting for God to come. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can we can really even say legitimately we're waiting for God to come back. Mm-hmm. Not that He's gone; He's everywhere. But we are waiting for God to come back, or for His Shekhinah to be felt once again and experienced once again in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, and that is you know certainly that's how we're starting Zechariah two ten in English, Zechariah two fourteen in Hebrew. I sit, I'm sitting here and I got my computer now. It's back. It's working. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit better. Just when I was feeling better last night, you got a little sick. So yeah. you know, I don't know how this is going to work, but. You know, yeah. we've got all of these resources and and, 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 and and beyond all the resources and the Hebrew and what it says and which verses, I have to tell you the next verse is the one that gets most excited. To, I get most excited about yeah. it because what it says, and it gives me an image of something that really connects to me being here in Jerusalem. It says many nations, many nations, and, 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 and the word for nations there is goyim, mm-hmm. uh, will join themselves to Yehovah in that day and will become my people. Now, we last week we were talking about lo, lo me, not my people, and my people. And I read this verse, and I'm looking at what's going on in the world, and surely this is going to be intervention only from heaven for many nations. It says many nations, Nehemiah. Many nations will join themselves to Yehovah in that day, and they will become my people. Then, and now we're back to this, I will dwell in your midst, and you will know that Yehovah Tzavah, Yehovah of hosts has sent me to you. What, what, what's going on there? Well, so the way I read it is there's a change of speaker here. Uh-huh. In other words, um, he says, and I will dwell in your midst. Uh, and that's a quote from Yehovah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, semicolon or comma, 
close quotation mark. And then Isaiah then, or sorry, Zechariah then says, I'm ready to get to Isaiah. <laughs> that's prophets, why. Yeah. Uh, Zechariah then says, and you will know that Jehovah of hosts has sent me to you. That, that's mm-hmm. how I read it. Mm-hmm. I suppose one could read it differently, mm-hmm. um, that some other entity will dwell in the midst. But um, yeah, the, no. but I, I read it as Jehovah saying, I will dwell in your midst. So I want to challenge then, you on something. Yeah. So here's, this is the thing. I, I'm really going to get in trouble on this. I haven't asked you about this in advance. Mm-hmm. But for years, sure. we've talked about this. And, um, and, and, and it really has to do with the other nations. And, 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 and I have to say, as we were driving, Nehemiah, we were talking, uh, and this is what the beauty of being here face-to-face is. You know, if we're just recording it from different parts of the world, it's literally we get on the phone and we record and we're done. But being here face-to-face, we're taking the bus, we're, we're riding back and forth, we're eating together, we're talking, we're discussing. And, and, and sometimes I get this feeling, um, that, and partially for good reason, that, 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 that the Jewish people are so surrounded by enemies mm-hmm. and so surrounded by those that are not thinking about joining themselves to him. Do you ever, do you ever get the feeling like uh, when you hear about the many nations, do, do, do you kind of have to struggle with, you know, who are those exact nations? Do you even, do you wonder about that? Do you? Do you ever do you ever feel a little bit like Jonah, maybe even like where you know is God going to have mercy on these these people that are presently such you know, I mean for example if one of those nations was uh, how about ooh. how about Germany, okay one of those nations Germany uh, so, yeah. so for you when you read that what happens to you do you do you think like I I, I I think every Jew definitely struggles with this you know I mean so so let's let's imagine a scenario. Where there's someone who isn't, you know, an SS officer who's, you know, turning the knob to put the poison gas into the gas chamber at Auschwitz, and then his grandson or great grandson um, maybe is a fulfillment of this verse and decides to repent and turn to the God of Israel. And on the one hand, it's woo, hallelujah, praise God, someone has turned to him. On the other hand, it's like, wait a minute, that's your, what I want. Your to talk grandfather, about. your great grandfather, uh, mm-hmm. was the worst enemy of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a certain amount of, of discomfort and struggle in that. And, and where it gets, I think, where I think Jews maybe are even more uncomfortable is, okay, wait a minute, we're not that many people. We're, you know, we're, what are we, 14 million Jews or 20 million Jews, depending how you count us. And, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's villages in China that have more people than that. <laughs> yeah. Know, not really, but the city you live in in China, in, in Shanghai, has 26 million people. There's more people in that one city than there are Jews in the entire world, in every country of the world. So I think part of the, the, of the Jewish fear is, um, wait a minute, you know, we're, we're going to be displaced. And then to amplify that fear, people come along and say, well, we're not, ju- we're not just uh, joining you. We're, we've replaced you. God rejected you and chose us. Okay, and, that's, and then it's like, whoa, hold on yeah, a second. Yeah, and see, and that's not what I'm thinking. I, I want to no, talk about the tension of – here's the tension. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to say this. We're on the radio. Yeah. You know, We didn't talk about this in advance. But, but sometimes I get a sense that – so for me, mm-hmm. when I come to Israel yeah. – Oh man, I'm excited because the yeah. nations are coming in, you know, and they're joining themselves to Yahweh. Yeah. And, and so I don't, I'm not thinking of it as I'm the one who's here and looking at others. I'm the other. Mm-hmm. So I'm a part of the other. So when I read this verse, I'm like, the more the merrier. You know, mm-hmm. come on, let's all join ourselves to Yahweh. But then when I sometimes talk to you, and look, I mean, you, you, you give me good reason for it. I talk to you. Sometimes I, I get from you where it, it, it's not that you don't. You're not thinking of the other nations. Even one of our one of our shows, you even said, you know, okay, we're talking about Egypt and whatever. Yeah, you know. In other words, Israel is the focus. Oh, absolutely. Israel is the focus. But when we read verses like this, yeah. what's the focus? It, it, it's like a shift. The focus is him, 
And and the hymn is that he's grabbing a hold or getting a hold of these other nations, and, and it's going to look a lot different. I mean, well, I this think is even when happens. we say Israel's the focus, he's the focus because he chose Israel exactly. and we're his people. Right. And there's people who are going to join themselves to God, but they'll also join themselves to the people of Israel. In in our in my Jewish mind, there's no distinction between those two things. Okay. And maybe that's where we differ in our reading. And the reason I say that is, um, for example, let me just read you a parallel here. Isaiah 14, verse 1, it says, For when Yehovah has um, mercy upon Israel and chooses once again, sorry, on Jacob and chooses once again Israel, and he shall place them on their land. And then we have that same verb, and this should be the word of the week. And the sojourner, the foreigner, the stranger shall join himself unto them. And they shall be added unto the house of Jacob. So that's Isaiah 14, 1. So there we can see that not when they join themselves to Jehovah, they're they're being added to the house of Jacob. They're not they're not saying, okay, now now you know we've come to replace right. you. No, you're 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 and see that's the sort thing. of adding yourself onto right. joining yourself onto the house of right. Jacob right. and to the house of Israel, and 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 so you can't be part of Jehovah's people it, the way a Jew sees it. Maybe we're wrong. You can't be Jehovah's people unless you're part of the people of Israel, part mm. of um you know. So, so it's not like you're. You're, yeah, no. So, so it's the focus yeah. is Yehovah and the people of Israel, mm-hmm. but the people of Israel is Yehovah's chosen people. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're some other nation, like you know, right. you know, like like the um, I don't know the English or the Albanians. We are right. God's chosen people. If you yeah. want to be part of God's chosen people, you're joining our nation, right? Our right. And I think that is a different. I think it is a yeah. difference because the the other side of it, the the, the dangerous side of it. Are those people that would come and say we, there's the replacement the replacement theology? You know, right. that, I'm not talking about there. that. Okay. I'm, I'm more talking about this idea that many nations, whatever those nations are, maybe yeah. the name of that nation today is just an unfathomable possibility that that nation would be one of the nations that would join themselves to Yehovah. Mm. But that when that happens mm. and says in that day they will become my people, like just like you're saying, mm. who are who are his people? Okay, so so, so I want to talk about that word of the week, and in Zechariah two fifteen, it's vinil vu. And um, the root is lamed vav hey, mm-hmm. and uh, that is to means to join, and it's actually the same root as the word Levite yep. or Levi, um, uh, who was one of the sons of uh, of Leah mm-hmm. and Jacob. So literally, you could translate it, and they will uh, Levite, and many nations shall Levite to Yehovah. That is, they'll join Yehovah on that day. Um, and then there's an intentional play on words on that in Isaiah 56. But again, we have the same word in Isaiah 14:1, Vinilva. In our verse, it's vinilvu here. It's mm-hmm. in Isaiah 14.1, it's vinilva. And then finally, you have the same thing in Isaiah 56. We've preached on this before. We don't have to go through the whole thing. But it says, again, uh, in Isaiah 56.3, uh, Let that the son of the Gentile, who joins himself to Yehovah. And there it's hanilva el Yehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, let him, you know, and it goes on to say, he shouldn't consider himself part, di- separate from the people of Yehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, or that Yehovah is separated from the people of Yehovah. And then it says in 56.6, And the sons of the Gentile, Hanilvim al-Yehovah, who Levite themselves to Yehovah. Mm-hmm. So we've got four times this verb referring to nations who join themselves to Yehovah and join themselves to the people of Israel mm-hmm. and are not separated from Israel. Um, so to me, that's a very clear pattern here. There's a very mm-hmm. clear message mm-hmm. that, this, that Yehovah has this covenant for Israel and has chosen Israel, but that is a hope for the entire world exactly. to come to Yehovah through Israel. And it's so, you know, something, and again, it's hard for me not to keep talking about this. Like I say, you guys are listening to this in early June, and we're actually sitting here in the land of Israel with all the conversations that are going on around the world right now because of this, you know, not, I think the timing of it is perfect. The timing of Purim, the timing of the fact that, um, that uh, Netanyahu went to Congress, the controversy surrounding it. 
and just asking and, and talking about Israel. And then we have in Congress, some people say, well, I'm not going to listen to the speech. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hear what he has to say. And the, the battles between the White House and is this going to affect the Israel or whatever, you know, and that's where I set all that side of stuff aside. And I just read verses like this and my heart gets really glad. You know, and my heart gets really excited that Yehovah, in the end, that there will be nations that will join themselves to Yehovah, and they're not going to come with preconditions. You know, they're not going to come and say, well, we're going to join ourselves, but here's the deal. you got to remove this part. you got to do No, when they join themselves to him, it's going to be about him. And I mean, I, I, I don't know. For me, when I look at the present world and then I read this verse, I, I tend to want to focus on this verse, even though we're in the midst of a world that's really very far from this. In fact, it seems now that the nations are rather joining themselves against God and, and, and against his people. So how that shift is going to take place and when it happens, boy, I cannot wait. Amen. Mm-hmm. He will possess Judah and his portion in the Holy Land and will again, and I love this, it says he will again choose Jerusalem. <laughs> We're sitting here. And here we are. No, come on. That's pretty cool. You know, and it's funny. Sometimes I just want to shake you. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'll be like, Nehemiah, we're in Jerusalem. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, of course. No, this is a really big deal. We're reading a prophet portion yesterday, today, and tomorrow that yeah. says he will again, the he will choose, excuse my excitement, the city that we're sitting in. Mm-hmm. Does that... Like, I'm excited. I'm extremely excited. I mean, but what does that do to you? Like this, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're boasting, you know, we get on, folks, we get on a bus and he's got his little card with his little picture. And then we go to the grocery store and he's got his little card with his picture. And then Bubby Dina says, you know, we're voting on the 17th. And then he's got his little voting card with his picture. And, and, and to me, it's to, he's like, you know, just like, this is just, this is what it is. But like that, you know, you're a Jerusalemite. I'm a Jerusalemite, but I don't take that for granted. No, I know not for granted. You know, I, but, I, I definitely appreciate that. You know, that, that to me is no question that that's a fulfillment of biblical prophecy yeah we're reading about this prophecy this was in the time of Zechariah who sometime 2400 years ago approximately yeah and he's and he's you know speaking about how um you know in the end time Jehovah will once again choose Jerusalem you know and you read it a little bit differently yeah. you read uh the Lord will possess Judah uh, as his portion yep. uh and that's that same word, nachal. Yeah. Remember we had that yep, word to inherit, um, yeah, yeah. To, to inherit yep. or he will give Judah his portion upon the Holy Land. Yes. Yehovah is going to say, look, it's time for you to resettle in Israel. You're going to be an evil well, settler, not an evil settler, a settler who is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Well, can I go and that's up? the word for settler. It is nachal, mitnachel. Well, let me tell yeah. you why I say that I say that you, not yeah. that you take it for granted, but now, now, now be me. So I get on the bus and last night and I'm purring. I get up and I stop, I stop and get my juice because I need more vitamin C and I go and get the juice. And I'm having a wonderful conversation with this guy in Hebrew and, he, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. And he says, he says to me, he says, you should come and live in Jerusalem. You, 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 you should be a Jerusalemite. And uh, I said, well, they won't let me. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, and he said to me, you know, and he happened, he happened to be an Israeli out here who's married to an Ethiopian woman. And, and, and he was looking at me and, and he was like, he says, you're not Ethiopian, are you? <laughs> no, no. Where are you from? I'm from the United States. Where do you, why do you know Hebrew? And this is always the question. Mm-hmm. But the point is, Nehemiah, it was a sad moment for me because mm-hmm. he said to me, he says, yeah, it would be really hard. For you to become a Jerusalemite, and I'm thinking about you. You got your little cards and your bus cards and your and your voting cards. And look, there's some envy and jealousy right now, folks. I'm just telling you. I'm 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 here, and I'm thinking. Last night, for the last 24 hours, is there anywhere else? Let me just say this in closing: Is there anywhere else in the world that I would have rather been last night, on the evening of the middle of the month, 
that the Jewish people are around in Jerusalem celebrating Purim. And I said to myself last night, on that particular moment, there was nowhere I'd rather be. And when I read this verse and he says that he will again choose Jerusalem as we're reading this and I'm thinking today, man, I can't wait until they, they, they remove these rules and regulations that your government have right now that determine how can you determine when you join yourself what do you got to do to join yourself? And some of you that are listening understand there's even some folks that we know who are desperately trying to get their their citizenship here. And and, and it ain't easy. It no, is a yeah. difficult situation. And what yeah. you think about it's it, I don't know. For you. It sucks but, to be you. I mean, no. Yeah. No, I, no, I, <laughs> no look. I mean, there, there's no question it was very you know relatively easy for me to get citizenship Why is that? in Israel. That's because there's something called the law of return. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my... my Mother and father were both Jew. Our, our, my father was Jewish. My mother is Jewish. Um, my grandparents were Jewish. My great grandparents were Jewish. I, I was. I tell you about this. I met with the Cherokee guy, and he was asking. So, so you're you know you're Jewish on you know both sides, and and I'm like yeah, all eight of my grandparents. He says, oh, so you're a full blood, <laughs> which is I guess like a really important Indian concept yeah, to me. Yeah. You know, and I said to him, you're either a Jew or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was easy for me to prove I was Jewish, and then you know get citizenship. Okay, it controversy. Yeah, it's here's the controversy. I've never done this for all these show. years. We haven't talked about it. But for yeah. those people who say, okay, well, the lost tribes are out there, and no, you actually yeah. are physically. You know, I should. You know, you can't. They can't prove it through mother and grandfather and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But they say no. And I'm gonna tell you what happened last night at your house. You probably didn't miss it because you were doing something else. And and your mom said, as we were talking today, she said, she, she said, you know, Leonard Nimoy, he died. And it says, and, and she's giving the article that says it beam, he's been beamed up. Yeah. And so me and your brother-in-law and your sister all make the sign, you know, uh, the, 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 live long and prosper, live long and prosper. Yes. It, long story. People know about this. You, you've talked about yeah. it. But the idea is that Leonard Nimoy explains why it was that he came up with that yeah. sign. Here's the funny thing. Your mom says, Keith, because you can do that. Maybe you have a Cohen in your, uh, <laughs> in your background. Shake that family tree. And so when I'm thinking to myself, if I yeah. go down to the Israel yeah. uh, uh, government and I, and I show the sign, it says, yeah. look, I can do this. I think I've got somebody in my background. Mm. It doesn't make it. I, 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 they won't let me in. Look, Even if I say I'm from yeah. the lost tribes of, of Israel, they won't let me in. I've yeah. got to prove it through. And I just want to bring this up. This is why the guy said, said to me, he said, boy, you look like, you sound like. But you can't get here, can you? You can't live here. No, not, well, not I, I think in the recent years, there's definitely been people have acknowledged really from, from all um, branches of Judaism, from all different perspectives, that there's a huge problem with, um, you know, with citizenship in Israel, especially for people who can't mm-hmm. prove that they're Jewish. Um, you know, and there's many scenarios where somebody like, you know, they burn the records in the Holocaust to survive. It's gone. They can't prove and, it. And they can't prove it. And, and to make things even more complica- complicated, uh, when I made Aliyah, when I immigrated to Israel uh, decades ago. <laughs> oh, my God. It's decades. <laughs> it's decades. Um, things were different. Now what they want you to do is go get a letter from a rabbi, and that rabbi might not even know you. Um, We've had some people that have done that. They still haven't worked. Yeah. Well, no. So, all right. Absolutely. But then, you know, uh, I just heard a statistic the other day that 55% of Jews have no affiliation whatsoever in America, no affiliation whatsoever with any synagogue. So what do those people do? 55% of Jews who, who, you know, they can't go to the rabbi. If they go to the rabbi, he says, well, I've I've never heard of you or your father or your grandfather because, you know, you aren't affiliated with our synagogue. So that really is a challenge. And then where it gets extremely complicated is when people do jump through the hoops and convert to Judaism, um, then the state of Israel says, well, wait a minute, who did you convert with? Well, who was the rabbi? And and it gets really complicated to the point where there was actually an Orthodox rabbi from Chicago a number of years back. He'd been an Orthodox rabbi for like 10 or 20 years, uh, but he had, you know, he had converted to Judaism and they didn't let him make Aliyah, which, which to me is like, 
you know, the, you know, I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm in that well, movie. I'm sorry for bringing Hold this on. up. I, mean, I feel like I'm Charlton Heston in that movie and I'm dealing with like the, the monkeys and I'm like, this is madness. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm on the planet of the apes. Like, what, what are you talking like? Yeah. Like, it really, and, and the joke, the, you know, the, the running joke in Israel is that Ruth, if Ruth the Moabite had showed up at Ben Gurion Airport, she'd be turned back and say, you know, you, you can't come, you know, yeah. you can't be a citizen. Yeah. But she was, she was a citizen. She was, you know, the, the ancestor of King David. Mm-hmm. She did join the Jewish people, the people of Israel. So, so there's definitely so a there's lot a of modern day issue and right. there's a biblical well, issue. Well, and the modern day issue is that you, you've got two things here. You've got, a political status, and you've mm-hmm. got this, you know, religious faith. Well, I can't status. wait. I can't wait until he, he settles confused. the whole thing and, and sets his I'm messiah mad. up, and it's not going to be about that. I've joined myself to him, and and and, and that'll be it. I can't mad. wait till I select which part of the uh, country I'm going to live in. That's another discussion. Do we have to get to that stuff? Anyway, Zechariah that's chapter Ezekiel 44. That's something. 44. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our section. No, is it really serious? Maybe we did it. Or no, are you kidding me? I don't, I don't think we did. No, I know we didn't. Get, no, so I'd have All been right. shouting. So uh, Zechariah. Now, when we get to Zechariah three one, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Now we line up. I believe so. Zechariah three one, three one, and Zechariah three one in the English. So yeah. now we're we're together. Uh, then this is this is really uh, wow. I'm going to let you just talk about this verse, Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he showed me Yehoshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of Yehovah. And then it says, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because we have. I didn't want to make an argument the other day. You were talking about um, there were no names of any angels, uh, except for two, that we, we know of. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Nehemiah, I was, I was thinking about another being uh, and wondering if, if if he had a name, and I, and I want to do I want to do this because this is kind of cool. And it says and it says um, I'm sorry, let me get to the verse again. I skipped ahead. Uh, ah, here it goes. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of Yehovah, and then it says Hasatan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Does it say that in, in Hebrew? I'm, I'm looking here. It says and Hasatan. Was standing. So it said. It says "lisit no," which I want this to be the word of the week. In fact, oh, this is the word of the week. Yes, we had nevu. Okay. Well, we did two words. I let you do it. We actually did that before. Okay. Yeah. Did we really? Yeah, we did. It's worthwhile doing again. Yeah. Lisit no is literally you could translate to Satan him, and then then the question becomes, what is the meaning of the word Satan or Satan? And the word Satan means to be an enemy. Okay, but act as an adversary. Give us the Hebrew. All right. Every word in biblical Hebrew. Has a three-letter root, and here it is: Sin Tet Nun. Mm-hmm. Sin Tet Nun is Satan, and um, and so it says: Satan Omed Al Yemino Lisitno. Yeah. So now, Satan Lisitno, Satan to be an adversary to him. Now here's what's interesting. I want people to know this. So I'm looking at my English version, and it's got a capitalized as if it's is a uh, what's capitalized? Satan. It's capitalized. Satan. Absolutely okay. in English. But when I go over into Zechariah chapter three verse one, we've got the definite article Ha. The Satan. The Satan. Yeah, the Satan is there. And so, again, now, if I'm reading in Hebrew, it's like, oh, so the adversary is also standing there. If I'm reading in English, the the personal being, Satan, is there. So the English is saying that you're wrong. They're saying, no, there's another name of another angel, and his name is Satan. In Hebrew, it certainly doesn't say that you're wrong. Well, so in Hebrew, the point is that Satan is his title. Exactly. That's his job. That's his job. Um, And uh, and, and so so just some statistics. The word Satan appears in the Tanakh in the Old Testament in Hebrew 
some form of that word appears 35 times. That mm-hmm. sometimes is a noun, sometimes yep. is a verb. To Satan, like to Satan. Verse. Yep. Uh, in the King James Bible of the Old Testament, it appears, I think it's 19 times, but let me pull up that statistic real quick. Um, let me do my little search here in the Bible. Yep. Yes, Satan. Mm-hmm. So we've got Satan in the in the King James is fifty five times, but then some of those are in the you know in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, it's thirty six. So that I'm bad at math. That's nineteen. That's what I said. Yep. So it's nineteen times in the in the English of the of the Old Testament of King James, mm-hmm. but in the Hebrew Tanakh, it's thirty five times in the same books in the same place. Why is that? Mm-hmm. For example, in this verse that we're reading in the King James, which is um, you know Zechariah three one three one yes. So let me read you the the, um, the King James. It says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Mm-hmm. And to resist him is in Hebrew, no, to Satan him, to be an enemy to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours has to accuse him, which isn't entirely wrong because mm-hmm. an enemy will accuse you. And mm-hmm. there's one passage where, where you might be able to make a strong case for the word meaning accuser uh, or accusation. Yep. Um, and that is in Ezra chapter 4, verse 6. Let me read you the, the King James. Mm-hmm. The King James says, um, uh, and in the reign of Ahasuerus, which is impo- which is significant because that's Ahasuerus, it's mm-hmm. the same name as in the scroll of Esther. In the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. And the word for accusation is sitna. Sitna. Sitna is a letter of accusation or a letter of enmity, meaning mm-hmm. this is what your enemies uh, uh, send against you. So um, now in later rabbinical Judaism, Satan is referred to as kategor, mm-hmm. which is actually the, the prosecutor. It's actually a term from, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if we put it in modern law and order terms, it would be the, the, the assistant district attorney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually the title of Satan in rabbinical literature, mm-hmm. the, the assistant district attorney, the kategor, mm-hmm. um, the, the prosecutor. So, um, you know, yeah. So who is this Satan and what does it mean for him to be an adversary? Exactly. Well, what you, well, what I, when I when I read this, again, the first thing I went to was just the idea of people getting a chance to know what the word Satan was. And again, yeah. it's English and seeing it capitalized, but he's actually doing something. And, yeah. and, and actually, in terms of what his what his title is and what he's doing match, mm-hmm. he's he's standing and he's he's the enemy. He's the enemy. And he's making an accusation. But then this is this this is where. For me, in, in three two. Well, he might not be making an accusation. My, my reading of this is, is, in fact, that he's not making an accusation. Mm-hmm. That he's actually coming to to hurt and attack. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, I I think Satan is about to uh, to harm uh, Joshua the high priest and probably mm-hmm. Israel as a whole. And, and the reason I say that is, first of all, just from the context. But secondly, the first time the word Satan appears is in uh, Numbers twenty two. Uh, actually, there's there's a. a uh, a well called Sitna mm-hmm. enmity, uh, which is in Genesis twenty six twenty one. But then we have in Numbers twenty two twenty two. It says, "And the anger of Jehovah burned, or sorry, the anger of God burned, for he was going. Balaam was going, mm-hmm. um, and the Malach Jehovah, the angel of Jehovah, stood in the way Lisatanlo as a Satan against him or to him, mm-hmm. um, and he was riding on his ass, and his two uh, young men were with him. So we've got here." Um, We've got here the first time the word Satan appears, and uh, and it's an angel of Yehovah who's coming as a Satan. Mm-hmm. And um, and what is he doing? He's got his sword drawn and he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. He you know he's there to kill um, to you know to kill or, or at least to frighten the the, the donkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but appear you know he appears to be coming with his sword drawn to kill Balaam. So that so I think he's going to do the same thing to Joshua. 
that's as a satan against him. Um, it's the same word, lisitno, lisatanlo. Um, and that makes sense. That makes sense in the context if we read the next verse. And Yehovah said to the, the Satan, Yig'ali Yehovah b'cha satan. Uh, Yehovah rebuke you, O Satan. Uh, uh, and it says, Yehovah uh, rebuke you, uh, he who has chosen uh, Jerusalem. Is this not an ud mutzal me'esh, mm-hmm. uh, a brand plucked from the fire? And I love mm-hmm. that image. Wow. Ud is this um, word that refers to the needles of the Spanish broom tree, which grows mm-hmm. all over Israel. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they take those needles um, and they dry them out and then they use them as kindling. Mm-hmm. So you make a spark and eventually, if you do it really well and you went to the Boy Scouts, you, you the spark catches on the, the yep. Spanish broom needles and um, you blow on it. And then once that fire starts, boom, mm-hmm. they, they burn up really quickly. And Yehovah is saying that Jerusalem is an oud, a Spanish broom needle plucked out of the fire. You know, it's not brand is like what you brand an animal with. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's the needle of the Spanish broom tree. Um, I don't know why it's called Spanish when it grows in Israel and all over the Mediterranean. But mm-hmm. um, so uh, so it's this needle grabbed from the fire, right? Milliseconds before it's burned up. Before and, it's burned. And I think it's not, I think it's clear that Satan, Satan is about to burn up Israel or burn up Joshua, the high priest. And Yehovah grabs him from the fire and rebukes Satan and says, no, you mustn't do that. I'm going to grab this from the fire. Wow. Wow. Oh, I love that. I, I'll just be honest with you. Those two verses, mm-hmm. um, just there, when you There's read so them, much here. We can there's a lot. These two there's verses. a lot. Yeah. Can we talk about Joshua the high priest? Yes. Let's do it. So what's his name in Hebrew? It's Yehoshua HaKohen HaGadol. Mm-hmm. And Yehoshua, he's the high priest at the time of uh, Zerubbabel. Mm-hmm. Zerubbabel is the governor and Joshua is the high priest, mm-hmm. Yehoshua. Uh and interestingly, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 23, people go look that up. It's interesting. It talks about Zerubbabel as being God's signet ring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's the governor, and, and maybe most people couldn't even spell his name, but he's actually a really important figure in the Tanakh. So uh, we have this figure. His name is Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak, mm-hmm. or Yeshua, the son of Yehotzadak, that his name appears six times. But then four times, we have the same man called, instead of Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak, mm-hmm. he's called Yeshua ben Yehotzadak. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have in his name and his father's name, Yeho, and then in six times, but four times his name and his father's name is just uh, the, the, the H drops. And Yehoshua becomes Yeshua and Yehotzadak becomes Yotzadak. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? That had to do with certain shifts in pronunciation in Second Temple times. Do you have a 1611 version of the King James Version? I on your computer. don't, but you I don't pull it up on the internet. You know, while you're doing that, I think this yeah. is really interesting. And this is for people who don't. I mean, listen, I, I address this in my book, Is Hollow Name Revealed Again? In the back, I have a bonus chapter, and it was really funny. Uh, some people actually go to the bonus chapter first before they read the rest of the book. Oh, do they? <laughs> and actually, it's been a blessing. I had some conservative people that went to the last chapter first to decide whether they would read the first one. And, 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 <laughs> and, the, and the title is, What About the Name Jesus? Uh-oh. And um, the reason that it's such an important, um, it's such an important chapter um, and, and actually, we talked about this in depth, Nehemi, when I was uh, when I was doing this book. There were some sections that didn't make it in that I think now need to be separate book on their own. But 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 really, um, that that really gave people a chance to, to address uh, some issues regarding the name Jesus and and how that name uh, became Jesus versus you know what do you want Joshua me to look at the King so James, in, uh, in uh, Zechariah, Zechariah chapter three verse um, three verse, uh, verse one. Verse one and two, and I just want you to see what the original King James does in in uh, Zechariah three one. I might be wrong on this. I don't think I am, but the reason that I'm bringing this up is that um, we're talking about uh, the actual name, and, and we've talked about Joshua's name, where that name comes from. Originally, Moses gave him uh, his 
the present name. Well, let's name. remind the people. Yep. But go to go to. Well, go so, to so, so tell us how did where did no, it come just from a second. Well, first, what I want to do, I want to see if this actually is there, and, and you're and uh, this is worth this is worth taking the time. Uh, I love when okay, we go. Okay, so here system. we've got the original page, or you know, not the yep. original. It's a yep. f- uh, scanned photo of the page, um, and it's uh, Zechariah three Jeff, one. Zechariah three one, and I love at the top of the page it says uh, a wall of fire on the left and the right hand side. It says Satan rebuked. Yes, and it says Un- under the type of Joshua, the restoration of the church. Christ, the branch is promised. <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah wow, yeah. <laughs> and then it says in the actual text. It says, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, Lord in caps, mm-hmm. and Satan standing at his right hand to, and I don't, uh, to resist him. Yes. It says here, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm, yeah. So I, are you wrong? Yeah, I'm wrong. Okay. I'm wrong on that. But anyways, uh, sometimes okay. I, you know, certainly in the New Testament, we find where it, was, it says it would be Joshua that actually oh. uses the word yeah. Jesus. Oh, and so no, it doesn't have do that, Jesus. Do that. No, yeah. no, it has Joshua. Okay. Um, although I should say in, in the in the title where it says under the type, it says actually Yahshua. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Um, so, anyway, yeah. I don't want to go into depth on that. I just wanted to, to know that, you know, basically here we have, as you mentioned, he's the high priest. And um, he has the same name as uh, Joshua, son, son of Nun. <laughs> he has the same name yep. as Joshua, son of Nun, and, yep. and, as well as, you know, the... Yeshua in the New Testament, yep, who's also Yehoshua, because yep. um, every Yeshua is actually a Yehoshua. Um, mm-hmm. And here the point is six times it's Yehoshua, four times it's uh, Yeshua, mm-hmm. and it's the same exact name. Um, so that's interesting. Yes, and, it is. Um, all right, we talked about Satan. Yep. We yep, talked yep, about yep. this. Yeah, no, so, Joshua had clothed, filthy garments. Wait, who, I'm not ready to get to that. Oh, you don't want to get to that yet. So okay. God rebukes Satan, and that and that's really interesting. This reminds me of, of this parallel passage that we have. Mm-hmm. These two passages. One is in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1, mm-hmm. and the other is 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. So let me read you those two passages. Yep. This is where uh, David is tempted to do, to count Israel. So 20, 2 Samuel 24, 1 says, And the, and the wrath of Jehovah uh, was uh, once again burned against Israel, and he incited David against them, saying, Go count Israel and Judah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jehovah is angry, and he, presumably Jehovah, incites David to count Israel. Mm-hmm. 1 Chronicles 21, 1, And Satan stood against Israel. And he incited David to count Israel. Mm. So wait a minute. Who incited David to count Israel? Mm. And what we can see here when we read these two passages is when the anger of Jehovah is incited against against somebody, he sometimes will send Satan against that person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so maybe Satan is the one who actually incited Israel, but it was because the anger of Jehovah was being put into action mm. through Satan. And that's really important because mm-hmm. I, I think in some traditions... Satan is understood as an enemy of Jehovah. It's mm-hmm. almost like there's a good God and an evil God, and, they're, and, they're, and they have this mm-hmm. conflict. But in Tanakh, Satan is simply uh, an angel, or maybe even a type of angel, um, that carries out the wrath of Jehovah. And we actually saw that in, in uh, Numbers 22, 22, mm-hmm. where Jehovah was angry with Balaam, and the angel of Jehovah came as a Satan against him. It's mm-hmm. exactly what we saw. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to share something that happened. Um, I don't know if you remember this. But we had a friend who, who we, we, had, uh, we had shared this information with, and I guess he shared it with his son, and his son had misunderstood what his father said and thought that we were saying that Yehovah is Satan. Mm. Now, that's not what we're saying, is it? Just to mm. be clear. No, no. Not no, at no. all. No, no, no. Right. We're not saying Yehovah is Satan. Heaven forbid. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Satan is simply Yehovah's angel. Mm. And, um, and when the wrath of Yehovah is put into action... 
Um, that is when Satan goes out and causes trouble, one of the times anyway. And the misunderstanding even made it into a book. It actually made it into a book. So there's a yeah. book out there that you can read, and I don't even know what it's called, don't care, that um, that relates this information, and, and it's just not even what we said at all. Um, and, and then look, and so it says here, and the anger of Yehovah, uh, oh, we read that, this number 22-22. So I want to look at one more verse, which is Psalm 78, 38. Mm-hmm. And it says, but he being merciful forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away mm-hmm. and did not stir up all his wrath. Mm-hmm. And what it says in Hebrew is, uh, He many times turned back his wrath. Mm-hmm. So what that means, reading all these verses together, is Satan was Satan's like this pit bull. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yehovah's wrath was sent out and he says, Go get him! Sick him! Sick him, Satan! Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the image I'm getting. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm right. Um, and Yehovah says at the last minute, No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sit, sit, calm Mm -hmm. down, Satan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with this a different way. I'm going to have mercy. Mm -hmm. He turns back his wrath. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening here. He's grabbing, plucking him from the fire um, at the last second. The Ud Mutsal Me'esh. I love that image. That, that, that to me, is is so amazing. The brand plucked from the fire. The the Spanish broom needle plucked seconds before it's burned up. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead, verse 3. Now, now, 3 says, and he he was clothed with filthy garments and standing before... The angel, um, and he spoke and he said, those who were standing before him saying, now he's, who's speaking, Jehovah speaking, and said to those who were standing before him, remove the garments, the filthy garments from him. Again, he said to him, see, I've, in the garments actually representing something else here, see, I have taken away your iniquity mm-hmm. and will clothe you. And, and this is a really interesting word. In English, it says with festal, Robes, festal, festal robes, festal robes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's which simply means beautiful garment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in the King James verse it says a change of raiment. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, he gets these different clothes, and he said, "Let them uh, put a clean turban on his head." So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. While angel of Yehovah was standing by, overlooking the, the change of clothes. In other words, it's uh, he's going from these filthy garments, and he's there looking and saying. Uh, uh, you know, here, here, this is what happened. But then this verse uh, six comes, and and and, and <laughs> you know, in English it says that that um, he admonished Joshua. Hmm. Um, Literally says he testified. He testified. And, and then here's the question. So according to some um, language scholars. They claim that whenever... So we have this word, lihaid uh, in here. It's mm-hmm. by ya'ad. Mm-hmm. It's a form of it. And he testified, but it's then bi. When you testify bi someone, you're testifying against them. Mm. When you testify le someone, you're testifying for them. So based on the um, preposition, you know whether they're testifying for someone against them. Here, apparently, according to this no common explanation... Yeah, there's bi Yehoshua. Well, here. Vayad malach Yehovah oh, Yehoshua. Okay, okay, okay. So that's against Joshua. Okay, okay. It's not so clear that that's correct, but that's, that's what... That's what they claim. Okay. Meaning we don't have enough examples to really say that definitively, but this is what people have argued, that whenever you have he'id bi, it's against, and he'id le is to testify for. I'm not sure that's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's making an awful lot out of a little preposition that <laughs> we don't have enough examples Sometimes of. those prepositions are important. No, prepositions are always <laughs> exactly. important. Exactly. But I don't know that you can read so much when we don't have enough examples of this language pattern. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. point. Okay. Can you read Seven. I want to skip to eight, but all right, I'll read it. Uh, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, if you will go my ways and you will keep my charge and you will also judge my house uh, and also keep my courtyards 
and I will give you mahalchim ben haomdim haela. I will allow you to walk, uh, or maybe walk about between those who these who are standing. Mm-hmm. Um, listen now, Joshua the high priest, Yehoshua the whole pri- the high priest. You and your companions who are sitting before you, they are men of anshe mofet. They are men of miracle or men of a sign. Mm. Interesting. For behold, I will bring my servant Semach. Oh boy! Now we got to talk about Semach. Okay, and just before we do Semach, I, I will tell you yeah, when I read okay. verse seven, I think about what he was talking about the 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 the, the, the priest of Zadok, Zedak. Um, yeah, when it says here, perform my service and also govern my yeah my house and also have charge of my courts. Yeah. It's like that's what they're going to do. And mm. So anyway, go ahead with with uh, yeah Semach. So Tzem, there's this figure he's going to bring and his, and my servant Semach. So this appears in a number of places. Um, we saw him the branch. The branch. Oh, you got the branch in here? Yes, sir. Okay, with a capital B, right? Mm-hmm. All right. But in Hebrew, it's Tzemach. Um, and so Tzemach is going to be a king who rebuilds the temple and, and rules in harmony with the high priest. And that's mm-hmm. significant because there was this ongoing tension in Second times, second Temple times between the governor, who was from the house of David. Um, later, the governor wasn't, but in this period it was, Erubavel, and the high priest. And he's saying, look, you two got to get along. You know, mm-hmm. There's got to be harmony here. Um, so let's read Zechariah chapter six. While you do that, well, I yeah. want to say one thing that really is interesting is that. Sure. So in the uh, NASB, they capitalize branch. In the King James version, mm. they capitalize every lever- letter. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. As if it said Yehovah or something. I don't know. It's like B R A N C H. I mean, you it's mean like, the way they capitalize they Lord capitalize, and God? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Yep. I wonder why that is. Um, take silver and gold. This is Zechariah uh, chapter six, verses eleven to thirteen in, in the Hebrew. Might be a different verse number in the English. I don't know. Take silver and gold and make crowns. Place one on the head of the high priest, Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, Yehoshua ben Yehoshadak. And say to him, thus says Yehovah of hosts, behold, a man called the branch uh, shall branch out from the place where he is, and he shall build the temple of Yehovah. He shall build the temple of Yehovah and shall assume majesty, and he shall sit uh, on his throne and rule. And there shall also be a priest seated on his throne. Maybe not you, but they're a priest. Yep. <laughs> and harmonious understanding shall prevail between them. So Yehoshua, the son of Yehoshadak, is being given this prophecy in Zechariah mm-hmm. 6, which parallels our prophecy here, yep. uh, in which there will be a man. And it says in Hebrew, Hine, behold, Ish. Tzemach Shemo, there will be a man. Tzemach will be his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tzemach is actually his name, and you could translate his name as branch, but we don't translate other branches, other names. Why is this name translated? Exactly. exactly. That's strange. Yeah. Um, it's strange. Like, I really don't know why they did that. I wonder if some translations just write Tzemach. I, I don't know. I didn't check the translations. Mm. But the man's name is Branch, Tzemach, and he is going to build the temple. And at the time he builds the temple, there will be harmony between Tzemach and the high priest, whoever the high priest is, we don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I'm waiting for the one who's going to come and build that temple and rule in harmony with the high priest, mm. the descendant of Yehoshua, the son of Yehoshadak, of Joshua, wow. son of Josadak. That would be cool. Um, one more verse, Isaiah chapter four, verse. Uh, I was two. just going to read that. That's the, that's oh, that's so go ahead. Read it, in that day, the branch of Yehovah will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit Ooh. of the earth. Will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. Wow. wow. So if we just read Isaiah 4 2 and didn't know about Zechariah, we might not make much of this verse. But mm-hmm. now that we've read and we found out his name is Tzemach, mm-hmm. then that makes me excited in Isaiah 4 2. Exactly. On that day, the Tzemach of Yehovah will be uh, beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth 
etc., uh, etc. Et wow, for the for the the refugees or the mm-hmm. remnant of Israel, for the, mm-hmm. uh, the those who survive of Israel. Mm-hmm. So this is an end times prophecy about how this figure tzemach, the tzemach of Yehovah, is going to come. Amen. That's exciting. Amen. Okay, a few more verses. I, I know I said one more. I lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no homework this time. You're saying there's not going to be any homework. We're going to no, go through. No, that one. <laughs> we got it. This is too important. <laughs> absolutely. And can we make a third word of the week, which is tzemach tzadi memchet? Yeah, absolutely. And you can do what we We're in Jerusalem. Tzemach literally means to grow, mm-hmm. and hence a branch which grows. Out of the tree. Yep. Um, uh, Jeremiah twenty three. It says, "Behold, days are coming," says Yehovah, and I will raise up for David a righteous tzemach. I mean, that's a third witness. Can I yes. say third? Yes. Uh, and he shall uh, reign as king, uh, and he shall do wisely, and he shall uh, perform uh, judgment and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel shall dwell securely. And this is uh, its name that it shall be called. Yehovah is our righteousness. And now some people have said that, that Semach will be called that. But then we see the parallel, and that's homework. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 33, verses 15 to 16, where it's clear that Jerusalem is the one who's going to be called I, Yehovah our righteous. Um, yeah, go ahead. I think, you're staying, I think you're going to these other verses so that we don't get to the controversy of 3.9. Is that what you're doing? No, Tzemach is an important thing. No, it's thing. huge. It's Look, a huge. Are you not excited that the I'm Messiah excited. is going to come and his name's going to be Tzemach? Yeah, his name is Tzemach. He's, wow. he's the branch. That's exciting. Whoa, he's going to be the Tzemach. His name is Tzemach. So then, in the, in the, I want to read you from a traditional Jewish prayer. Please. Don't, don't get excited. No shouting, okay? Mm-hmm. Can, yes. can we agree? Yes, I agree. Okay. No shouting. All right. So this is the Amidah, or the, the 18 benedictions. Um, and in this is in the Sephardic version. It says, Quickly grow the branch of David your servant, and may his horn rise up with salvation. For he, for we have awaited all day for your salvation. Blessed are you, Lord, who causes the horn of salvation to grow. Now in Hebrew, you hear about the, the tzemach of David your servant. May he grow quickly, which is a play on words, because tzatzmiach. Mm-hmm. May, he tzem, may the tzemach of David tzemach, may he, that's a, becomes a verb. Um, and then it says, may the horn of his salvation rise, and that's Yeshua Techa. And then it says, for Yeshua, for it's your Yeshua that we have hoped and waited all day long. Blessed are you, Lord, who causes the horn of Yeshua to grow, to tzemach. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a prayer the, of a, for, about the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. I read one historian, a Jewish historian at the Hebrew University. He actually says, look, how can we read this prayer and say it's got nothing to do with Jesus? He says, it's impossible. He's convinced that this prayer was put into the Jewish prayer book by um, Jews who believed in Yeshua, and they kind of snuck it in there, hoping nobody would know what it meant. I'm just saying that that that's one theory out there. Um, that's not really the accepted theory, but there, but but it is interesting. We're looking at this Messiah that we're waiting for, um, and we're looking for his Yeshua, which is salvation, um, not to be confused with Yeshua, which means um, Yehovah, Yoshia, Yehovah will say. Mm-hmm. But obviously they sound similar. And to the point where this scholar says, well, I mean, look, this had to come from a Jewish Christian or you know, a Jewish follower of Yeshua. Um, it's interesting. This idea of Tzemach is interesting to me. Okay. And you just want to burn past it to get to something. No, else. no, 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 no. I don't. Right. I, I mean, are you, are you done now? This is. I mean, is it, go ahead. Read verse. Oh, nine. No, no, no. I'll let you do verse nine all by yourself. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah, because right. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> that ain't ever going to happen. For behold, the stone that I have set before Joshua on one stone are seven eyes. What's he talking about? Yeah, I don't know. In Zechariah four ten, it says the eyes are the eyes of Yehovah. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but there's going to be an inscription on it, declares Yehovah of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Now, if you know what that secret inscription is, mm-hmm. 
then you could uh, you could you. I'm not trying to be funny, oh, but you, you could write a book, and I've you got, I've got the answer. And you've got you know, and I, every time I'm talking the about some big information, thing, I say to you, when's it, and I'll say, what are you going to do about that? He says, it'll be in the book, and and you've got like five or six things. So maybe it's already in the book. I don't even remember. <laughs> so, so okay, so I want to take a break for a second, and you you're, yeah. you know, and the reason I bring about this about uh, about mm-hmm. the book, so and yeah. inscriptions. So for you, when do you decide that something is really um, uh, that, that the public needs to hear versus, you know, in other words, you've got a deal where there's certain people that uh, can be a part of here some parts of studies and there are other things that are just public for everyone. You've got YouTube, all this. How do you determine when something is for the masses, if it's something that's going to be maybe for supporters? Uh, do you, how do you determine that ahead of time? Yeah, I don't know that it's ter- determined ahead of time. What I'm doing with the support team studies is I'm, I'm simply, you know, setting up the microphone and just and I call it the raw stream of Torah consciousness which is really what it is it's just mm-hmm. me talking in front of the microphone no I'm asking for, a controversial question yeah, yeah for 30 be... minutes for an hour Look. And, and whatever I'm led to share is what I share so it's so, not like I'm saying oh this is you know for the uh, you know this group and, and nobody and it's interesting I've had people write to me and say you know why aren't you sharing this with me uh, you know uh, you know, uh, you should share this with everybody you know why, why is this only for your support team and I'm like look I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with you know people who have supported my ministry and, um, you know, you don't, you don't need to support my ministry to get this information. Everything I'm sharing is out there. You know, I mean, you could go through every one of my studies and I don't, there's, there's nothing original in anything I've taught. At least I hope not. In other words, maybe I've pulled the things together and their combination is original, but, um, all the source, I'm basing this on sources and all the sources are out there. Okay. So, but the reason I'm trying to get, uh, get oh. is because you do have things like uh, the one that you just, uh, that yeah. you just did a little while ago, and I'm sure others will be, well, there'll be others in between by yeah. the time we listen to this, but, but those are an opportunity for people to, would you say go a little further or go a little, in other words, Oh, what, absolutely. So yeah. in the support team studies, like this raw stream of Torah consciousness, it, it tends to be, you know, it's more of an advanced topic. Mm. And so for somebody starting out, maybe they're, they wouldn't even get that much out of it. Once you already have that foundation, then you can kind of go deeper with, okay. with um, you know, with the support team studies. But as I said, everything in the support team studies is based on ancient sources. And, you know, and, you know, and maybe you can't read Hebrew, so you can't access those ancient mm-hmm. sources or you don't know where to find them in, you know, in, in, in manuscripts or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, all the information's out there. You know, um, this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, unless I, you know, say something which is my opinion and then I tell people it's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else is based on ancient sources mm-hmm. wow but anything else anything else about the, the ministry i mean do you want yeah so mccore hebrew foundation uh, my website's nehemiaswall.com and you know come over and uh sign up for the free newsletter and if you find that the information is helpful you can you know become a supporter of the ministry and be part of the support team and get access to you know these studies um and look uh you know yeah on the one hand it's raw stream of torah consciousness on the other hand um, any one of those studies, it might be 30 minutes, but it could have taken me, you know, 20 years of research that goes into that, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I'm sharing with the people. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Last night I did, uh, when I went for a walk last night, Nehemiah, I went over to Nehemiah's wall, the, the real oh, yeah. wall, the broad wall uh, that's there. And I, I was looking yeah. up and I was in the old looking, city of Jerusalem. In the old city of Jerusalem. And it has the dates there. And, and I'm like, wow. Anyway, I've been challenging him to get a real picture of that. And, and, and I'm sure you've already, you've already yeah. shared it at some point, but. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, with BFAInternational.com, we're at a really interesting dispensation right now as you're listening to this. This is the third week of the summer. We're actually putting forth um, a series of um, 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 biblical Hebrew 
for beginners, uh, a course, an audio course. This is week three right now. And it, it is for the people in the premium content library, primarily so that we can have a control group of people that are actually going through these biblical uh, courses and then giving us input. You know, it's funny, Nehemiah, I've actually, um, when I was at seminary, I went through Hebrew, and as I mentioned before, that was really so that you could learn a word. And then you and I went through a study that and it still is in the Hall of Fame for me. Um, it's an advanced course. I, I, I really think it is an advanced course, but it was... Um, a real chance to interact. And then I actually took, and you reminded me of this yesterday, and, and this is kind of separate, but I actually took a course uh, with Yoel Halevi, who has um, Hebrew, uh, I think it's called Hebrew in Israel. Mm-hmm. And that, and what I was doing with him was dealing with a little bit of the modern Hebrew. Then I went to Hebrew University and did an intense course with that. And in all of He's it... sticking his chest out no, as he speaks. No, I'm not. Actually, what I'm, I'm actually taking a different approach. What I realized and why I decided to do this course is that I'm in my own process of learning and I like my approach in learning, and it really what it is is I really don't know so much, but I love to get this information and get it in, get it into my own heart, and that's really what I want to do for this course. So if you're interested in learning a little biblical Hebrew from a basic level, um, this is this is the time to do it throughout this summer, and then this this course is going to be um, created so that we can then share it with uh, with the masses. But we really first need input. So it's a, a biblical Hebrew course. It's a it's under the spirit of Scripture Bites. Um, it's an audio course. You actually have something you can download and, and, and mark up, and then you get to hear the actual audio itself. So it's a really basic level of, of Hebrew. But what I like, you said something. You said, well, the sources are out there, but maybe you don't know how to read Hebrew. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and in many cases, people are kept away from some really important sources and some really important information because yeah. they haven't been able to interact with the basics of the Hebrew language. Now, you call it, you say, oh, it's an easy language to learn. <laughs> it's so easy. So much easier than Chinese <laughs> yeah. or German. I would agree with that. But it does take a little bit of effort. And, and I've just had a lot of variable variations of uh, opportunities. This is one way for you to do that. So, again, go to bfainternational.com on the front page. You'll see uh, Biblical Hebrew Audio Course. Click it. Become a part of the Premium Content Library and help us develop it for the nation so that everyone can learn to read this beautiful and amazing language that God selected. May it be. May it be. So we are now in Zechariah chapter, give, I'm sorry, we are in three Let's verse. skip ahead because we're running out of time. We are can almost we, out of time. Can we please skip, skip ahead to chapter four, verse two? Only if you give people, the, if you only give people a chance, let make sure that you go back and read these other verses because they really are Absolutely. interesting. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh my goodness. Okay. I'll agree with you. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead and read. Chapter he said to me, what do you see? And I said, who's he speaking to here? He's speaking to an angel. Absolutely. And I said, I see thee, and behold, a lampstand of gold with its bowl on the top of it, and seven lamps on it with seven sprouts, belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. Also, two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl and the other on its left side. Shall I continue? Yeah. Then see. I said to the angel who was speaking with me, saying, what are these, my Lord? And again, we use the word Lord, not capital L-O-R-D. But uh, we're using here, if I look in here. In Hebrew, it's Adoni. Yeah, Adoni. As opposed to Adonai, which is Adonai. Yep. And so the angel who was speaking with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, again, my Adoni. Then he said to me, this is the word of Yehovah to Zerubbabel, saying, not by, oh man, this is <laughs> saying, not by might, nor by power, but in English here, but by my spirit, it's capitalized there, says mm. Yehovah Tzavaot. It's capitalized in the Hebrew? Yeah. No, oh, I said in the Hebrew. English. Hebrew doesn't have capitalized. That's right. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But one more verse. One more verse. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone and shouts of, oh my gosh, I love this last part. <laughs> it says, he says, these are going to be shouts of grace, grace, hen, Ken to it. 
Wow. Mm. So if you want to know what Chen really means, go read my book, Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence. And there's actually a connection here because mm-hmm. it's talking about this precious stone. And the precious stone is going to have Chen Chen. Mm-hmm. So there's actually something going on there with the literal meaning of the word grace. Chen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I do want to talk about, can you just read real quick verse 14? Mm. Verse 14. Or verses 13 to 14. I know they're outside the section. Oh, I can't because I don't and have it he said here. to me, uh, saying, <laughs> uh, do not know what these are. And <laughs> yeah. I said, no, Adonia, no, my Lord. And he said, these are the two sons of oil who stand by the Lord of all the earth. And, there, and we had to read that because that's the explanation of the vision. So he has this vision. <clears throat> it's in the same section. He has this, just not in the <laughs> the traditional section read in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. He has this vision. In the vision, he sees the menorah. And either side of the menorah is an olive tree. And he doesn't know what he's looking at. And um, and then finally, it's explained to him, oh, well, these are the two sons of oil who stand by the Lord of all the earth. Mm-hmm. So that menorah represents uh, the Lord of all the earth, mm-hmm. which is interesting. If it said Adonai, we would know that that was God. Mm-hmm. But it says the Lord of all the earth. It's not clear what that Lord is. Mm-hmm. The Lord maybe is God. One could argue that the Lord is the, is the king, is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not entirely clear. Um, and then who are the two sons of oil? Now, who, who do you understand these two sons of oil to be? I have no idea. No idea, huh? No. So definitely the, the traditional Christian interpretation is that those are the two witnesses in the, from the book of Revelation, <laughs> which is obviously reading something into Zechariah, but, you know, I suppose it's possible. Um, the Jewish understanding here is that the two sons of oil, uh, what, what does oil mean? So it's, you know, oil, sons of oil is understood to be those who are anointed with anointed oil. Anointed, yes. And so the two sons of oil are understood to be the king who is anointed with oil and the high priest who's mm-hmm. anointed with oil. Mm-hmm. And that then ties into the earlier prophecies where we heard about how, you know, he's saying there's going to be a tzemach and then, oh, that's actually a later prophecy, and there's going to be a tzemach and then there's going to be the king mm-hmm. and they're going to, the two of them will rule in, in, in harmony. Um, and, and so that's the image here. We've got the high priest and the king, and they're both, and they're standing on either side of the of the um, of the uh, of the menorah, which represents the temple in which Jehovah dwells, and um, and they're and they're ruling in harmony. And um, it's really interesting. So I, I was I was visiting some people in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and in their living room they had this interesting display. It was um, sort of this wooden canopy. And uh, and underneath the wooden canopy, there was a menorah, a seventh branch, seven branch menorah, like mm-hmm. in, like exactly described here, like in the temple. And on either side of the seven branched menorah was was um, was an olive tree, a little olive tree, and kind of like a little um, mm-hmm. you know, a little thing, and um, you know, a little planter. And um, and I said, oh, you're you're you've set up a representation of Zechariah four. And they said, what's Zechariah for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had no mm-hmm. idea. They were not, you know, they hadn't mm-hmm. thought about this prophecy at all. What happened, it's a really, you know, really, really moving story. The woman had, you know, for years she had spent um, a great deal of energy decorating for Christmas. And they kind of got involved in Torah. And they, and they said, look, we can't do Christmas anymore. But she wanted to create some kind of a decoration. And so instead of a Christmas tree, he said, well, let me get some olive trees, her husband said. So he got the olive trees. And she says, well, what am I going to do with these olive trees? And she sets up the menorah and she says, wow, it would look nice if we put an olive tree on either side of the menorah. And I walk in there and I'm telling you, I see this. It's exactly the representation described here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's described in more detail later that we didn't read. Um, And I'm looking at this thinking it's got to be Zechariah 4. In fact, I made that the picture of the week that's going to show up next to this teaching. Really? Yeah. um, I took a photo of what they did and I'm thinking like, this has got to be a God thing. I'm sorry. It's got to be a God thing. You know? I feel like maybe they were moved 
by God to create this without even knowing the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Can yeah, you- certainly it's possible. I think one of the things that's, and I said to you, I have no idea, but when you do bring the, the concepts together, when you talk mm-hmm. about the oil and you think about the anointing and you think about the word Mashiach yeah. and you think the two messiahs mm-hmm. and other things in scripture that would give you indication yeah. of that, it kind of, it does make sense. I got to tell you something, I mean, you know, you're talking about these people that you, that you, that you saw and. I, this is going to sound like a little bit of a, a, a diversion, but it really isn't. It has to do with yeah. uh, a person who's our um, Prophet Pearl partner. Is uh, his name in our? I, I, we don't give the full name. We don't give our full name. But Paul, we want to thank you for um, being Paul. a partner. And 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 really, I have to say this: um, the many people that either are partners in real action in terms of they support us, but are partners in other ways. And you know what? These people become partners because you go there into their house and you see this and it ends up being here in the show, but it really, it's a really important thing. And that really has been what's been such a blessing as, as we've been traveling around the world, sitting down with people and hearing their journey and their process and what they've learned. And, and sometimes there's some real crazy things that we, we, we interact with. and, And sometimes there are things like this where you just say, wow, could this be anything other than some sort of intervention that you would walk in that house and it would be a witness, if I can say, uh, to, to, to scripture? And, and they had no idea. Right. Isn't that <laughs> That's amazing? amazing. That really is. And so all there's all there's people that um, that we're connected to that, that are really supporting and listening. And I want to stop if I can. I also want to say, Nehemiah, that um, we're now in a 34, 35. I can't remember what number we are. But based on what we're finding is literally thousand people. Episode 36, actually. 36. <laughs> Nehemiah, literally thousands of people, yeah. folks, from us, from you saying to me, um, would you consider doing this? And for me hearing the word, I heard it, teach my people my word. And mm-hmm. here we are, uh, 35 uh, episodes in. And, and isn't it? Isn't it? I want to say it's humbling, but it's exciting that we have so many people around the world that are opening up their Bibles mm-hmm. and they're going through these sections with us. And they're not only going through the sections of the prophets, they're also listening to the original Torah pearls. I am. I mean, literally, I think if you sit down and listen to everything just per, on a week's basis, there's about three hours worth of Bible study. At least every three week. hours every week. At least. Amazing. Wow. So you're the prayer guy. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. No, that's, I'm, I'm, there's, wow, I think we said it. Okay, so, awesome. There's, there's, yeah. Yehovah, Vinu Shabbat Yehovah, our Father in heaven. I, I thank you, Yehovah, for, for turning back your anger and, and rebuking Satan, who's come to attack us. And Yehovah, I ask that you do that in our situation and you individually for everybody and Collectively, for for us as a people coming before you, Yehovah, Yehovah, I ask you. Um, I thank you, Yehovah. I thank you for pulling me out of the fire. I was the Ud Mutsalme Ish. I was that brand, mm. seconds away from being burned up in the fire and in my own life. And you pulled me out of that fire. And I and I and I, I want to acknowledge that every day for the rest of my life of how you pulled me out of that fire, Yehovah. Mm. Um, that fire that would would it would be burnt would have burned me up for the rest of my life, Yehovah. And, would have been the end of my ministry. And I'm so thankful to you, Father, for rebuking Satan and pulling me out of the fire, Yehovah. And Yehovah, I ask you to send to send your tzemach, to send your branch. Yehovah, I, the branch of your salvation. Yehovah, this prayer I grew up saying and never really thought about, Yehovah. I didn't know what the prophecy was in Jeremiah and Isaiah and Zechariah. We didn't read those sections and and Yehovah, but I grew up saying this prayer in the Amidah, in the, 15th, the 15th benediction. And, and I want to offer this prayer to you, Yehovah, with your name. This prayer is offered throughout the world millions of times a day to Adonai. I want to offer this to you, Yehovah, in your name. 
את צמח דוד עבדך מהרה תצמיח, וקרנו תרום בישועתך, כי לשועתך קיווינו, וציפינו כל היום. ברוך אתה יהובה, מצמיח קרן ישועה. אמן. אמן. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit Nehemia'sWall.com and BFAInternational.com. Thank you.